Hey everybody, how's it going? My name is Sean Benson. I'm one of your punch, kick, choke, chat hosts, and I'm so happy to be here with you. Uh, I know you'll get this short, the way we do these shorts in a different order, but it feels like it's been forever since we've been together and done one of these shows. And I think it's literally been one week off, which is how much fun it is to do these with y'all. And, and I'm super excited to be here this morning and chatting. Um, I uh, want to introduce Sensei Nicholas Suino, who is an eighth stand in Eido, and he's a sixth stand in Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, a sixth stand in Judo. But one of the things that I want to uh, talk about because of our topic today, um, we are talking about general you know, fitness and Sensei Dofan will give us a more specific topic, but this is one of the fittest men I've ever met. And you're going to hear me say this three times in a row. Um, he does something called the JMAC 18, which has changed my fitness entirely. And I mean that. And he also has um, introduced us to an idea called the Crucible, which is a 12-hour event at which you will fundamentally lose 10 pounds of water weight just through the exercise component of it alone. There is a mental component, but... Um, it's this type of pushing ourselves physically that, that we did, but when we started to partner more with Sensei Suino in terms of that physical aspect, uh, you know, the game broke open for us. Uh, Sensei Dolphin especially works closely with him. Sensei Dolphin is the seventh Dan, um, and he is my teacher, and he, you're your fourth Dan in Idol, right, Sensei? Sorry, I, I, I don't track that enough, but that, that's correct. And in terms of his fitness, again, it would be impossible to describe to you without meeting the man what, what he's capable of. I'm talking, you know, 300 pull-ups. 300 push-ups, these types of numbers. And I'm talking about on his 50th birthday, fighting 50 humans in a row, including uh, world champ boxers, including just one fighter after the other, including uh, kickbox champs, et cetera. So this is something he trains for, but at the same time, this is something that he didn't need to train a lot for because this is a day-to-day -day lifestyle. Um, Hanshi Legacy can't be on the call. He's our 10th Dan instructor and, um, He's also, you know, an ex-kickboxing uh, champ uh, from the 1970s, Canadian champ. But also, again, it's impossible to describe, unless you're standing in front of this 75-year-old man, what it looks like when he throws a punch, when he throws a kick. And it's so much a function of the body he's maintained. The physical fitness, the six-pack, the long, uh, hanging musculature that the man uh, has maintained over a lifetime. And for me, as the youngest, um, or I don't know your age, Skip, but the youngest person on this call, I believe, to have these role models uh, makes such a difference as, as I move towards my 50s and away from my 40s. So I just want to say how excited I am to be more of a listener on this call than a talker. And I'm going to throw it to you, Sensei Dauphin. Thanks, Sean. That was a great intro. Um, yeah, it was. Thank you. Yeah, I also want to say that uh, Sean Benson, very physically fit, uh, great swimmer, good biker, good martial artist, uh, does weight training, resistance training, JMEC 18, as he said, like just really good athlete. And uh, um, yeah, as Sensei Sweeney would say, none of us are normal on this call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not alone. Yeah, I want to give my, my, uh, my intro for, uh, for Skip. Uh, <laughs> Edwin, Edwin Skip uh, Bunton, he has a master's of science degree and he's a certified athletics trainer. I always like to point out when people have a higher education because mm -hmm. I work in education and I really value education. Uh, he's also the president and founder of Body Specs Incorporated. He has over 27 years of experience in orthopedic rehabilitation of sports related injuries. I'm ripping this off of his website, but I already kind of knew all of it in my own words. Uh, so rehabilitation of sports related injuries, physical development and sports performance as one of the best known fitness instructors in Ann Arbor and probably more broadly than that. Uh, he listens carefully to his clients, uh, biomechanical analyzes the causes of their dysfunction and pain, as well as the ways in which they, uh, compensate for them. Using that information as knowledge of anatomy and uh, physiology, Skip improves athletic performance and rehabilitation of chronic orthopedic ailments that hamper function, progression, especially in sports, especially in sports. Uh, Skip is an education provider for the National Academy of Sports Medicine, National Strength Conditioning Association, American Council of Exercise, and USAT. He's also been voted one of the top 100 trainers in America by Men's Journal uh, for two consecutive years, voted best in Ann Arbor for personal training three times. I think they only did that contest three times. Otherwise, it, it, he would have been voted more. Um, he's an award-winning author, 
uh, whose works have been published in the Journal of Athletics Training, Moby's Yearbook in Sports Medicine, and National Institute of Sports Medicine, United Kingdom, and Athletic Therapy Healthcare Perspectives. I was reading a, an article about Skip, and it, it was a 2008 article, and uh, Skip says his goal is to help clients push the limits of their physical ability in order to get them into the best possible shape, whether or not they have an injury. When someone who needs rehabilitation that Skip feels is too extreme for their expertise, he'll arrange to have the client seen by an orthopedic specialist very quickly. Uh, the typical client is very active, meaning they train at least three times a week. They are semi-competitive, meaning they're in they aren't in high school or college anymore. So they might be runners. They might be uh, playing volleyball or flag football or soccer, or in this case, doing martial arts. Um, martial arts, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a couple of things for me that I want to say about Skip, and even this episode is, this is the first one we've done with a non-martial artist. Mm. But I know Skip has martial arts background and combative sports right. background, so not really. But, um, but it's one that's kind of more geared towards uh, helping uh, martial artists. And I'm really happy that Skip is the first one. Um, you know, Sean, you said you're the youngest guy. You're definitely the youngest guy. Um, yeah, you are, Sean. Yeah. And, and you, so you listen not, to your elders. Yes, that's right. And you might not believe this, but Skip is the oldest guy on the call. He's the, he's the oldest one, which means... We know he's somewhere in his 60s, even though you won't believe that. Yeah. He, he's not normal. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thoughts I have about uh, Skip are is one, he's an innovator. Uh, he's also a dad. Uh, he's a person who wants to help and serve others. Um, and that's the same as all good teachers, coaches, and senses. Another unknown fact about uh, Skip that I learned when we had our test call is he's a big fan of Bill Superfoot Wallace, who is also a guest. Oh, man. Chad. I was telling some, some of my clients who are martial artists, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. And, and Bill Superfoot, they're like, Bill Superfoot. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, he's not going to be on with me. But, oh, geez, awesome. Science. Okay. Listen, a couple other thoughts I have about Skip is uh, one thing for sure for me, I watch all his, his media and he inspires a lot of confidence with his Thanks. Work. Yeah, I see, man. Thank you. Yeah, he inspires a lot of confidence with his words, and then he follows them up with good actions. Um, that content, I become mesmerized by it. It's one of those things where you're in there watching it, and then before you know it, a lot of time has gone by, and you've learned a lot of things. Um, when we were talking, he said one of his goals is to protect and preserve athleticism. Uh, and the, he was talking about football. I found this interesting, and he said what he does with people provides – collision insurance um and he's a super easy guy to talk to and uh before we get into the meat of this census you know what do you want to add to that because i know you have a long relationship with skip well i know we target you know these short calls to be 45 minutes if i talk on skip uh i'll be done and we'll be over and then poor skip won't have a chance to talk about himself i'll just say a couple of things one is um when i you know i grew up in the martial arts i trained for in the martial arts for 20 years in the small burg of Ann Arbor and a little bit in the U.S. And then when I went to Japan, it was like it was like having gone from training martial arts with two Wookiees uh, to training in front of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Skip is the Obi-Wan Kenobi of physical exercise. When I started training at Body Specs, it just absolutely blew my frameworks apart. Um, some of the simplest and most complex stuff I learned from Skip, um, I still use to this day. I send people over to Skip all the time, not just to get fit, but also to get rehabilitated. Um, uh, you know, it just, it's just crazy that somebody in this small town, um, you know, who's well known, but, uh, you know, he should be, he should be effing famous. Uh, Skip is, is the Obi-Wan effing Kenobi of physical exercise and rehabilitation. You know, he's trained with me. I've trained with him. We've cross-referred yes. many, many people. And um, I just, I just want to hear from him in his own words. So having said that, let's, let's get into the meat and the potatoes. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm so humble uh, when I, we had the test call and I'm always humble when I'm, uh, I get invited to do any of these talks. So thank you, Nick and Sean and Randy. Uh, during that test call, we talked about legacy and what he may think of what training is and how it has a carryover in martial arts. And the collision insurance thing followed that. 
I don't believe as good as I am in this field and my peers, we can promise that you won't get hurt the more frequently you train. There's gonna be what we call hags or snags. You're gonna feel a little something. You got thrown too hard, Skip, I think I felt my shoulder blade roll around. You just can't, it's hard to do, to have an athlete like Sean, Nick, Randy, at the volume that these type of athletes train. And I've always have said martial artists are athletes. I've said, I'm here in my facility, it's on a golf course. And when I started my Before the First Swing golf program, I used that term athlete, my first workshop back in the 80s, that golfers, you guys are athletes. Years later, working with mixed martial artists, you guys are athletes because it requires an element of stability, speed, <clears throat> excuse me, stability, mobility, power, and retention of that power. And my job is knowing that is to keep you on the mat regardless of what happens to you on the mat. I had a martial art, Nick, I think you, we hadn't met yet. And I, I don't think I'd moved to Ann Arbor, but there were two martial artists that had came to visit me from Detroit. I was down in Wyandotte at the time. And their issue was they had, we call functional instability at the ankle. That's a problem, but they didn't want to stop training, but they needed something that would reduce it. And I could tell them, look, you guys are high level martial artists. My job is to reduce the frequency. And you, these, both of these dudes were in their mid thirties and they've had this ankle instability since they were teenagers. So that was my job. Bracing's not gonna be effective, but we had techniques. That was just a skip. My frequency of ankle rolls have dropped. I can, my throws, my kicks, I still roll a little bit, but it's down. Good, that's a success story for me. So in working with this level of martial artists, cyclists, I got triathletes. There's a, a number of injuries that are very unique that I know that I can get you back on the mat, on the field, in the water. And as long as I'm around, we can manage it. Sean, I want you to swim those thousand meters a day. However, we need to do this before you get in the water and before you get out of the water. Hey, I want you to go to the, the crucible be prepared for some soreness on that ACL. We've only been rehabbing this for, to just know that. And you're like, okay. So I don't, I've never been a fan of cessation of activity unless there's no noticeable disability. And I just say, you know what, John, you can't go back. I need to, I need to do the rehab on you. So uh, that, that is the difference between when, when patients asked me when I was in the clinic, hey, Skip, I was watching NFL. I saw Roethlisberger hurt his elbow. He has the same kind of injury I have. How come he's playing in, 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 in less than two months? And I've been doing this for six months. A couple of reasons. That's his job. He has to go to rehab every day. And this guy is in shape. And I'm only seeing you twice a week because you have a job and things are going to take a little longer. So those types of injuries, they are different. The treatment is different. We want you to play. And in my lab, there are things that I know. If I can do this, do this, that'll get you through practice, but come back afterwards. This will get you, and I have that app. I got two clients. I think one, Nick, I think both of them are, are JMAC. So they'll see you or one of your fine martial artists. And then on the next day, hey, Skip, my shoulder feels a little funny from, you know, I'm like, come here. I'll do a little something. How's that? Good. And that's it. So we're managing those injuries. There's no reason, unless there's noticeable disability, to take you off the field of play. And in our training, that's our goal, is to duplicate those stresses as best we can. So we exploit those deficits, then we can address the deficits before you return. Or, hey, Skip, when I turn this way, I don't, I can't, it hurts. I, I can't get the lift. I can't get the throw. Then we look at that, but we don't, I, that's my philosophy. I have a very aggressive approach to rehab. In fact, my, my team of orthopods that I work with in Dearborn, uh, they usually have to say, hey, Skip, this is what we're going to do. Not so aggressive this time. <laughs> I said, I got it, fellas. I know when to be aggressive. But they, they like, they know that their patients are going to get better much sooner than the traditional method. So, uh, but that's, that's it. Well, I think we can all oh, agree to that. Sensei cool. Dofa, I know you wanted to tee us up with a bit of a question. Yeah, I had a question for Skip, which is... Uh, you know, I've been in martial arts. It's, I'm going into my 30, 34th year. 
34 years in karate and 30 years in Iaido. And so I'm at that stage now where I'm seeing people around me and it seems to be there's these prevalent injuries in martial arts, like just, you know, I'm not talking about the broken bone. I'm talking about the repetitive yeah. injuries. Yeah. Shoulders, yeah. shoulders, yes. shoulders get blown yes. out. Hips have to get replaced. Um, yes. yep. And so Skip, yep. I, I wanted to talk to you about if we can relate this to martial arts a little bit, why do you think it is that uh, martial artists do this and what, would you be advising martial artists to do karate people, judo people to get rid of these preventative injuries so they don't have to have hip replacement, shoulder replacements? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Good question. Uh, when I entered the sports medicine field, Randy, my mentor said, Skip, the body's not made for sport. I was 18 and I'm 60 now. And he's right. <laughs> it's not made for sport. So what we know about martial arts are the stresses are abnormal. Ligaments and tendons and cartilage are quite durable until we enter, enter an environment where now the tensile capacities are gonna be under abnormal stresses. The challenge for us, my profession, is to make sure the ranges of motion that you need on the mat, you have them. There are a lot of people on that mat that don't have it. And the only time they train it is when they see you. I have clients that I put on my portal. They have restrictions and I'll send them two techniques to practice. Rarely do they do that. Mm. Skip, I'll do it when I see you. How about that? That's why I send it home. So when you don't see me, you do them. So compliance, Randy, is an issue. There are a lot of things you can do. And what martial artists should be doing, and when I get them in here, they realize, oh, snap, I, don't, I can't do that. And that's my weak spot. I go, exactly. So what I do, Randy, when I get a client, no matter what kind of athletes, but particularly martial artists, I know the speed and power and torque on the joint. So I attack where I know the deficit's going to be. So martial artists, and Nick has seen this, <clears throat> excuse me, there may be two or three techniques I could teach them. Do this before you go on the mat. Do it before you leave the mat. Something that's, that I know they'll be compliant with. But Randy, no kidding ourselves. The tissue is not designed to tolerate these stresses, plain and simple. They're not. But we do it. You see it in the NFL, the UFC, the golf. Tiger tried to you know, play golf on a busted leg. And I've seen golfers with stress fractures in the rib cage and the thoracic spine. So when you load the structure, it's going to show signs of change at the tissue. And what happens, most athletes, martial artists, won't say anything until it's too late. And when I do the eval, I'll say, Nick, when did this start? Oh, man, I don't know. It just happened. No, Nick, it didn't just happen. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. It never just happens. We do. This happened six months ago, but I'll be all right. And then you go to the crucible and then it shows up. And now I'm talking, now we're having this conversation. But it's, I can understand that thinking because the disability doesn't show up right away. So you take a bam mm, and you continue the class. Then you go to the next class. Then after three weeks, you notice the pain is lasting a little longer. I'll take some insets before I go to the dojo. Pain's lap, uh, my range is a little, that's eh, okay. I'll go on YouTube and do some stretches. And next thing you know, you're like, none of that shit's working. Hey, <laughs> go see Skip. When did this happen? Oh, about six months ago. Okay. So I see a lot of that, Randy. And martial artists, uh, uh, there's a level of toughness you have to have. And if you're competing, that's the last thing you're going to do is say to the ref, hey, my shoulder's acting up. <laughs> Can you take it easy? Don't work this. You, you can't do that. So you're going to work through it. I know that. So I tell my athletes that you need to be compliant because I know you're not going to stop playing. You're right, Skip. I'm not. Okay. This is what I need you to do. Do that. And so Skip, if you, had a piece, if you had a piece of advice, Skip, for martial artists, what would you say they should build into their routine that they're not doing right now? You know they're not doing it. What should they build into their routine that they should be doing? Good question. 
they should build in, and it's a very common term, functionality. Functionality simply means this, Randy. The body works in three planes of motion. Most athletes only operate in two. They train in two. They may train in one. You'd be surprised. Train Olympic professional athletes, D1, D2, D3. When I see them for training or for an injury, there's always a plane that has a deficit. The other two will take up that deficit. But there are three planes of motion. Most athletes don't train all three. Martial artists, you guys move in all those planes because it requires you to move in all those planes. But I can tell you, if I were to drop into any dojo in the country, I could take out one of your top students at the white belt and I could find that deficit. And if, they, if I ask them, do you know you have that deficit? Yes. What do you do to train it? Well, you know, uh, you know, I'll, you know, do push-ups and jumping jacks. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, not, that's not it. So majority of athletes have one, not, rarely are all three planes function. And in martial arts and the students that Nick has seen me, there's always a plane of motion that's in a deficit. To add to the hard, the challenging part about answering that Randy is because of the intensity in martial arts, and it happens so fast. I have to see that martial artist and see them in action. I can say, that's a deficit. I can see the compensation. It's obvious. You may think it's normal. You may think, hey, they're not getting the technique down. We need to, that's not what we want. And it actually could just be a compensation. And you say, hey, Randy, I sprained my knee about three months ago and it's getting worse. So that's why I throw that way. So if you see an abnormal comp or abnormal compensation, I'm telling you that's a deficit and they just can't get the technique. Not that they don't want to do it. They just like shit hurts. So um, it's more than I like the J Mac 18 because Nick, he hits those planes of motion. He goes through them. And you know why? Because you should. Guess, guess, guess where I learned that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Hey, and um, yeah. you know, this 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 reminds me of a conversation, Skip. You and I had back in like I don't know, two thousand six, two thousand seven, when you were um, when you were we were talking about golf a lot in those days, and um, and we were talking about Tiger Woods, and you said, you know, here's the elements of Tiger Woods swing. This was before he had all that catastrophic back stuff. Yeah. And you yeah. said, yeah. You said the nature of his swing is he's going to have all these back problems, right? I mean, I you, did. you made a list, and I'm like. Yeah. You know, like, okay, that's just, that's just skip talking. Well, guess what? The next decade, <laughs> the, the, right. The next decade proved all those things. Right. And guess what else? <laughs> all the changes he made to his swing right after back surgeries were things that you said he should have been doing right from the get go to avoid them. It was, a, it was absolutely that, amazing. Yeah. I remember that conversation. Yeah. Yep. Thanks Nick. I, I went yeah. on the air uh, with Sam Webb and talked about that. Uh -huh. So that's what I mean. You can have that range. You can do it, but I'm telling you to keep doing it. Is it working for you? But we need to manage that. And that's it. I would, I would, I would, I would love to have trained them back then because I would have looked at that and say, Hey, listen, Tiger, I get it, but we need to preserve that technique. We got some things to do. That's it. And I've had that happen, Nick. I've had that happen where I've had to work with that level of athlete where I say, okay, you can see here on the video, there's too much stress there. We got to change that. And martial arts, geez, you're all over the place. So if I had to do that too, Nick, where I had to actually go to a dojo and just watch, then like, ah, I see, I see. Because if, the, if it, you know, my facility isn't set up to, you know, I, I want to see them moving in the organically in their environment. So that's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, I, I remember that conversation. And then I, I, at each when he had, before he had the knee surgery, people would ask about his swing and what do you think? And like, this is what I think. I think is extraordinary, but I'm telling you, you're going to see some side effects from this if he doesn't change it. And, you know, well, it's, it's a car so accident, hard. I just, yeah, that's different. <laughs> um, 
it's so hard to get people to slow down. Look, if there's professional athletes, right, their paycheck depends on them showing up. But even for us who yes. are professional, right, uh, what you know, we just have a matter of pride. Was, I want to show up on Friday night fights and I want to train my ass off, right? Yeah, or exactly. or or yeah. even a you know a, a tournament or a fight for no money. It's still a matter of pride. Yeah. It's very hard to get us to slow down, right? And so the urgency is only going to rise to that point after the, mm-hmm. you know, after the things have started to show themselves. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's human nature, right, Nick? I mean, my class will actually walk by me and I need them to do some things. You may get to see some of the things in the background and I'll ask them, hey, hey, did you do the thing that you need to do? I'll do it afterwards. No, let's knock it out now. So even they're right in front of me. They'll just look at me like, no, I didn't do that. I'm like, it's right over there. Just pick it up and just knock out a couple of seconds. Okay. So they, because they're healthy, there's no symptom. And I'm like, right, because this is the preventative stuff we're doing. And uh, in the environment of martial arts, uh, now what I do when I have to, when I do a workshop or, or I have to go to the site is I'll look around to see where they can do what I need them to do. So if it's a matter of a particular stretch, I'm like, hey, there's a stool. Hey, you got walls in here. I want you to do this before you get on the mat. That's it. So I've really, Nick, <clears throat> excuse me, I really focus in on a couple of things. One, I need you to be compliant. Two, once I find out exactly what the issue is, I can design a simple program, maybe two techniques for you to do at the site where you train at home. And typically I've found that if they're at the dojo, if they're at the court, if they're on the course, they admit they're more compliant to do it because the environment, you know, maybe there's something on the line besides pride. Maybe the house is up for collateral and I really got to win this. So it's interesting that they seem to be more compliant where they're going to train before they get, uh, uh, you know, you may be at the pool, Skip, I haven't done my stretches at home, but when I'm on deck at the pool, I do them. Okay, well, fine. Just do them. Promise me. And they seem to be more compliant that way. Um, that's why yeah. I said that Skip, because uh, Sean will kind of nod because he's been my student for a long time and I I often say um, the number one mistake students make is not listening to what their teachers tell them to do that's the number one mistake that every student makes and I'm not going to say I've never made that mistake but for me one of the things that um, I am compliant census we can nod he'll nod like if he says to oh, yeah. me, Andy you're not doing this I instantly try and fix it and I instantly try and build it into my routine so that it will get fixed. Maybe not the next time, but over time it's going to get corrected. But uh, Sean's been very quiet and he's a very intelligent guy. And I know he's got, there's lots of shit percolating in his brain that he wants to see you. You're not wrong. So I just want to, I want to open it up to him to let him ask you a question. You know what? I appreciate that. And and, and I was right that my question was really going to stimulate. And I'm so like, I feel like a viewer going, I'm so happy I get to jump through the screen and ask you this because it's a really practical question, okay? So he mentions my swimming and stuff. That's actually something I've let go of it. I used to swim 3K at a time. I did triathlons. But, you know, as I get older, all I want to do is my martial arts and my mountain biking right now. That's where I'm at. Um, But time management becomes a thing, right? Because, you know, doing three actively engaged things, yeah. all of them require protective gear. <laughs> like these are intense activities. So then when number four becomes physical rehabbing, either preventatively or afterwards, <laughs> finding the time for that gets pretty intense. So my question for yeah. you is, as people, let's say I'm approaching 50, what percentage of time do you think is the right amount or the reasonable amount to dedicate to literally having the body that can do those things. Cause yeah. I'd way rather just go roll on the mats or spar with my teacher, which I hear you Friday, then go do functional <laughs> squats or kettlebells, but, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. not going to ignore it. If I need that's to a great question. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. And that's why I'm here because I, what we talked about the compliance is key and the, what you just asked about the percentage, Sean, you'll be happy to know. It's very small because I make sure sh- I let my athletes integrate it into their training. So, for example, uh, I have a, a, a girl who's running, a young woman who's running Boston Marathon. She came to me because of a hamstring issue. And she said what you said, Skip, I don't make time for because she's a triathlete. So she got swimming 
the biking, the running. She's a professor at the U. She teaches online. And you want me to add functional rehab to it? Yep. I'm like, no, I want you to integrate it into your training. Uh, and she just looked at me, oh shit. So I don't have to like, no, before you run, do this. And what happens, Sean, is I, and I'm, I still run into this after 30 years. The notion is, is that what, what you said, and it's the logical notion. Now I got to go to PT after I do these four things and I don't feel like it. It's at five in the evening. It's going to take about it. I get it. So that's why I integrate it. I give you the tools to do before you get on the bike, before you swim, before you run, before you hit the mat. You don't even have to come here. That's why when COVID hit, I had several clients that I was rehabbing. I realized that I had to pivot and send them things. And then when I reopened, their schedules changed. Everyone that was remote, now they had to go into the office. So it changed everything. Skip, I can't get to your place to rehab. That's okay. We're going to redesign the program. But I want you to do this before you get on the mat. Okay, I can do that, Skip. You don't have to spend an hour on it. We just had a conversation about an athlete who spends 30 minutes stretching and he still has the same injury. I said, when do you stretch? Well, I do it as separate from my run. I'm like, why you do that? You should ah. do it right before the run. <laughs> the notion is, has been with that, Sean, is that yeah. now I got to go over here and do it. No, the strategy is this, you integrate it in your training. When Nick is warming you up, you can, you can, get, on, you can get on the mat before Nick comes out and do a bracing stretch. I'll talk about that later. You can do some cuff stuff right before Nick starts the class. So you don't have to break off from it. I think uh, most of the times the notion is that you need to spend a lot of time and you don't. That's old thinking because you think the tissue needs to go beyond its normal range. And when that happens, we compromise stability and mobility. Because now in this gap, this is where the injury is going to happen because we have too much flexibility. Believe it or not, you're going to have too much. But if right. I tell you to do this on the mat, you get there 10 minutes early. Do it there. Because I know, Sean, you may have to cancel tonight or you're not going to feel like doing it. So my goal was to make these techniques compliant. So that question I get all the time. Skip, I don't know if I have time to do it. You'll have time to do it. I'm going to show you. And when I show it, Sean, this is the common thing that happens in all my workshops. That's it? I'm like, yeah, that's it. Mm. Oh, see, I'm not, I, I, all, and they're recorded. Every question or when I do the lab, really, that's it? That's all I have to do? Yeah. What were you doing? I was spending 20 minutes trying to stretch my back. It's too much because you're stretching the wrong way. You're not targeting the symptom. For you, Sean, let's say you have a, uh, every time you roll, you get an AC joint discomfort. I come, I test it. I'm like, hey, Sean, watch this. I want you to go in the corner and do these shoulder pinches, and I want you to do this. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Every time before you leave, before the, you get on the mat, and before you go home. I love that. <laughs> You'll look at me like, oh, that's yeah. it? Yeah. And you think it requires so much work and time. It really doesn't. It doesn't. Well, the only way is still out there. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. It's, oh. um, aside from the specifics, what I love is the first principle of, like, don't separate your body from the thing you're using your body to do it's your yeah. body doing the thing yeah. so make sure yeah. i love the and for the people on the podcast you know just linking the fingers when you said you integrate it i was an aha moment for me so i appreciate Thank that you. thanks Kit. you're very welcome you're very welcome you don't you don't you don't have to make an appointment you're already in the environment i want you in right because you'll feel if you have a symptom sean i need you to know how to manage it and that's my greatest asset is when you're going off into a tournament. You're like, Skip, what happens if this happens at the tournament? You'll do this. Remember that? Oh, okay. So you have tools to self, I call self-correct. I can't always be there, Sean, but yep. do this and that'll get you through the tournament and I'll see you on Monday. So you have the tools. You don't need to break off from your training. Put it in the training. Great Thank question, you, Sean. Sean. Sensuino, you know what's going on? That I was have a good question. I have so much shit going on in my brain right now that, but I, since the do you have something you want to, cause I have a question, but I want to be sure that. Well, hang on. Right. Cause I'm going to take us to the next level. If you're good with that. Yeah. Take us to the next level. Sensor. 
I always think about I always think about things in like there's three blocks when I when I think about talking to Skip. I think about I think about three levels. So one level is is resolving injuries, right? I send people to Skip who say I can't lift my shoulder. I need to get better, right? And then there's a lot of people that are let's call them normal, right? Normally athletic, no uh, debilitating injuries, um, and they just want to stay healthier. They want to move up in level, right? But Sean teed this conversation up today with the, with the words, these are not normal people, right? Nobody on this call is normal. You're not going to have a compliance problem with anybody on this call, right? right. Um, yeah. So I want to turn the conversation a little bit to, to quadrant three, which is the not normal people, the people who, so I am willing to break off the time, right? Like I created these workshops just to be, I mean, these workouts in the morning, just because I have a very limited amount of time, but like Skip right. opened my eyes before I ever trained with Skip, all I ever knew was the one hour boot camp. That's all I ever knew. And then I went to Skip and I said, Hey, if I come over to you, what he goes 28 minutes. I go, what? He says 28 <laughs> minutes. And so I'm thinking, Oh, you can't gas me. Well, you know, at, at minute 21, I'm like, Holy crap. When does my, when does 28 come? Yeah. Right. So Skip opened my eyes to the fact that I could become, I, I mean, all, you know, I'm already an elite athlete and, and I can become more elite 28 minutes, two to three times a week working with Skip is going to keep me from getting injured. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get yeah. more fit. It's going to give me more body intelligence. Like, okay. So, so Skip, I want you to talk about this a little bit. Cause I, you got some, you have worked with some athlete, elite athletes. Yeah. Um, yes. What's it like for those people? Like, um, what do you what do you prescribe? What do you want to see? How would you how would you take somebody who's already uh, uh, and I know you've done this, right? Like somebody who's playing triple A ball yeah. and they don't want to break into the bigs yeah. or somebody like me who yeah. um, who, uh, you know, has been doing martial arts for 50 years. And I want to be the I want to be I'm willing to devote the time. I'm not normal and I don't want to be yeah. right. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. Those athletes. uh <laughs> This will surprise you. I have an issue with them because they can be over compliant. The loads. I don't understand what you just said. I don't understand ah. what you just said. <laughs> that's, that's stupid. <laughs> right? So I don't know if you guys paid attention to this, and it blew my mind. Uh, in our field, we use the term load management. We've been using that term since uh, I was a young clinician. And when we have to go to a coach or we have to go to a sensei and say, hey, Nick, I want to keep Randy off the mat. I don't want him doing that. He can do that. So Nick's like, okay, that's load management. But I've worked with pro athletes and I've talked to their team and we decide I don't want him playing for two weeks. I want my hands on. I need to manage the load. And so, Nick, when you talk about time and those elite athletes, they think, like you said, I need to be in the gym every day. So that's a problem because your load management has no restoration in it. If it requires learning a skill, repetition has to happen. I understand that, martial arts being one of those. But if you're going to do that, Sensei, I need to see restoration on the end. I don't care if you jump in a cold uh, a tub of water, I don't care if you have a body blade and you do it for five minutes, but there needs, you need to, I, I can, I can. If you say to me, Skip, I can't buy what you're selling. I need to be on the mat six times a week. All right, I'll do that. But can you promise me to get there early to do these things, to give us some restoration? And on Sunday, can you do some restorative stuff? Absolutely. Okay, do that. And this is what I want you to do. So that level, that elite level, the issue is over compliance. I need to rein them back and get in their heads that if you're going to do this five to seven days a week, I need you to do these restorative techniques. Deal? Deal. So I won't get in the way of how you're feeling. You like the volume and intensity of being in the dojo for three hours. I get it. I'm not going to stop it, but I need you to do this. And that always works. But they, they, I don't, but if it's something that's exacerbating the symptom, then I'm going to say, you're going to have to back off that technique. The one that Nick is showing you, I don't need you doing that all the time. They're like, okay, Skip, cool. But I want to keep training. You can, but I, you need to, I want you to do it my way. Put the restorative stuff in there. I'm going to talk to Nick and sort of make sure you do it. And then I've never had an issue with that. 
The challenge I have, I have a young, I won't name him. He's a high level NFL athlete and is his, he, he's getting better, but he's, he's like, I want to do more. I'm like an addict. I need to do more. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we will. Give me two weeks and I'm going to bust you in the mouth. He's like, okay. So now I got his attention. So, uh, and at this level where you're at, there's a lot of time that you spend in the dojo because of you want to refine the technique, conditioning. You don't want to get deconditioned. And I understand that, but I'm telling you, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how tough you are. There will be, there will be a moment where you notice, shit, that kind of hurt. Okay, I'm good. Damn, I'm losing strength in that range of motion. That throw was a it'll pass. <laughs> you'll just keep, you'll just keep going. I'll take some incense. I'll do some jumping jacks. I'll, okay, we'll do that. So I know that's going to happen. So the deal is, you promised me to do these two restorative things. Yes. Okay. And then I'll see them once a week to make sure they're maintaining. So I know it's a long answer, but that's a good question because I've worked with the, the normals and the abnormals and, uh, but the, the super abnormals are the ones that are non-compliant or over, I'm sorry, are overly compliant. They'll, I'll say, I need five sets. They'll come back. Skip. I was real sore on that technique you gave me. How many sets you do? Well, I did eight because they felt good at five. So I did three more. That's a, that's the challenge. Yeah. And it, you know, it's a good challenge because now, you know, they want to do it, but they just have to realize the tissue doesn't need that much stress. It doesn't. Yeah. I got to pop out for a second. We can edit this out. So I'll be right back. Yep. Okay. So, so Skip, listen, uh, we're not going to edit it out. This is like the Joe Rogan podcast where. <laughs> <laughs> where the guests or the host can go for a piss if they need to. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like that. One of the things I think I talked to you, we did our pre-call and we were chatting is I said, I won't tell Sean what I'm doing anymore in my workouts because his mind will take him to that place because he's a hyper athlete. Like he'll make himself, <laughs> right? Like he'll make himself do it. And then he'll come back to me and he'll be like, Oh, I blew my shoulder out of it because he, his mind makes him over. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I really like the stuff that we're talking about right now. The thing I want to ask you about is uh, when I was reading through some of the stuff on the internet, I was really happy when you said, go on the internet, there's tons of shit about me, do your research. Right. So I, I yeah. spent some time, I read a bunch of stuff and I had this thought that you were way ahead of your time. Um, because I was thinking about things that happen right now. So as an example, you, the word you used is aggressive rehab. You say aggressive mm. rehab. And yeah. I think about, you know, when I was born, they kept my mom laying in a bed for like this amount of time. And now it's yeah. like, I got a buddy who he's in his mid sixties and needed a hip replacement. And he said, holy shit, Randy, like four hours later, they had me up yes. and they had me walking and they had me moving around. And I exactly. want to know, yeah, I want to know, you know, when you, what stimulated you to think this isn't right? Like you express some frustration in articles about people not getting results. And yeah. I feel like you were way ahead of your time based on what I was reading. Why did you, Thank you. think aggressive, aggressive rehab? I, 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 that's a great question. I'll, I got to give credit to Gary Gray. Gary Gray back in the 70s would start this workshop called When the Foot Hits the Ground, Everything Changes. He's a PT and uh, Adrian. He built this little university for physical therapists to come and learn his techniques. And I was fortunate enough to work with him for seven years. And he, he was the one who coined the term function. No one was using that term. Uh, he went on to develop the true stretch station. They're in gyms all over the place. Uh, Nike had hired him to do their golf condition. He's a giant and he's been a great mentor. So this is what he made me do. When I got out of grad school, I thought I knew enough, right? And I was having some challenging cases. And so I went to Gary and I said, hey, Gary, I have this case. And I just wanted him to tell me what to do. And I knew that wasn't going to happen. He said, Skip, you're not thinking. I'm like, here we go. I need you to go back and read this. And I didn't want to read that. And so to, to get 
my patient better, I had to really understand those three planes that I talked about. I had to understand tissue healing again, and I didn't understand it as much as I thought I did. And I needed to understand what a lot of people weren't doing, clinicians weren't doing, but Gary was. We under, he knew that the tissues can tolerate a certain capacity called the hierarchy of loads. And Skip, this is where the changes will happen. And if we know that, we can get our total knees, our total hips, our ACLs, our grade two ankle sprains, we can get them up and load them. He said, he said that's my secret, and I'm going to publish this in the next several years, which he did. Now, he's, this stuff's all over the place. So what your friend experienced, I'm not going to say it's all Gary's work. He's very humble. But he, when he started that and he would do these workshops, there were a lot of clinicians that just roasted him. And he was built. A lot of people didn't like, a lot of people don't like Gary's approach, but it works. And to make it work, you really have to understand tissue capacity, tensile capacities, the hierarchy loads, and that was the key. And I remember going back, finding those notes, and I remember looking at those and just thinking, I didn't think that was that important. And I don't know why I thought that. But when I read through those notes and Gary's talking to me, I thought, oh, shit. Okay. And so your friend, four hours, absolutely. And when I was with Gary, he worked with a, a very progressive orthopedic surgeon who just let him off the chain because he knew Gary was what, he, what was going on. But this was in the 80s. So PTs, when I would do my first workshop, there were a lot of PTs who would, would yes, I totally disagree with your methods and this is why. I said, good, anybody else? And then I would justify it. And my workshops were two and a half days. And I would say to them, before you leave, I bet you I can get you, you'll change your mind on how you see this thing. And at, by the end, they'd say, you know what? I'm almost there, Skip. I just got to, uh, I said, okay. So the key is you have to understand that the tissue can tolerate loads even during the healing phase. You know that, you can get them up early. So the aggressive part, Gary would say, be aggressive, but don't harm the patient, of mm. course. So that was how I was raised in a sense on knowing that in advance. But I tell you, Randy, it still blows my mind that there are a lot of orthopedic surgeons that just not, no, let's keep them like this for four weeks, then we'll start. Let's keep them non-weight bearing for four weeks, then we'll start. And I've seen those. And that's actually what started all of this body specs because I was now learning to take the hard cases. And a lot of those hard cases were from a lack of early load management. The thinking was keep them off their feet. No, big mistake. So I'm sorry, I got excited, but that is the key to, to the success in the react. Yeah, but yeah, good question. I love that. Good question, yeah. So listen, uh, Skip, as I said to you before, the hour always flies by and oh, we've been fuck. talking now for an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, and I know uh, I gotta get back to work. Uh, Sean has yeah. some work to do. Um, no, I understand, in, thank you. Yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking we have a, now that we have Skip, we have a topic series we need to come up with for a podcast where we have like a, here are the things you need to chat about. But we have this thing, Skip, where we go around the horn. And so uh, I'm going to throw it uh, to Sean first. And then I don't know, since you know, do you want me to go next or do you want to go? And then I'll go last and then we'll give the last word to Skip. Let's give you last. I think that's a good idea. Then we'll give it to Skip. Okay, so we're going to go... Sean's going to give his thoughts, uh, Sensusino, me, and then Skip, we're going to give you the last word. And then I'm going to hit stop recording and people can drop off if they want, or we can just chat a little informally once the podcast sure. is done for the public. Okay. Um, okay. So, Sean, give her. I'm just so glad. I mean, you know, we didn't talk about this, but I, I got to bed around 6.30 a.m. this morning because I was shooting all night. And uh I'm so glad that I, I got up for this. I feel so invigorated right now and so excited. And it's not going to come as any surprise to people who've been listening for the last hour. The word integration for me is so huge because I have been, you know, um, Sensei Suno talks about that other quadrant. But for me right now, the only way that I'm going to manage this properly is if I make this part of my 
already doing six to nine exactly. schedule yeah. things a week. Yeah. And if I'm, yeah. if I try and make it 12, it's not going to work. If I go and do those weights or, or, or that, the, the, the physical work for, you know, 12 minutes before my karate class, um, that that's going to work for me. And not only is it going to work, I'm so excited to experiment with the implementation of this. And one thing we didn't really get to touch on too much, which I'm so bummed about, but you know, I've started reintegrating weights in the last month because there's nothing I've read about aging that doesn't say, yeah, resistance training is so fundamental to whatever activity you're in. And uh, it feels good again, because, you know, I had been a hardcore weightlifter 20 years ago, and I kind of let it go with the other stuff. But you've really excited me here. And integration is going to be my watchword for the next while. Excellent. Hey, Sean, uh, I know it's not my turn yet, but and this is to, to all three of you. You have my email and my phone number, I think, but uh, but you have my email. I can give you. Oh, jeez. I got I got a prospect. Hold up. Hold up. This is like the Rogan podcast more and more every time. <laughs> Without the endorsements. Yes. Or all the financial stability. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry about that dollar house in Austin. Irrelevancies. We'll get oh, there. Hey. Uh, uh, so I'd like to offer you nick randy get a hold of me tell me hey skip can you send me something for my si joint my blowback my shoulder amazing, amazing. i'll send you access to my portal just to get you jump started mm. so send me your history hey, skip i'd like something for my like i said and what i'll do the email you send me i'll build a portal I'll email you, hey, check your portal. You're like, oh shit, right? And it won't, you won't need to have any special equipment. I'll show you a tool that I would say, you know what, Sean, I would get one of these. I'll show it to you. In fact, uh, these are my favorites. So I'll show you, you know, how to use these things and say, you know what, if you're training at that frequency, I would get these. All my high level athletes have one, one or both of these. My golfers, I have several martial artists. I have basketball players, football players, but they have one of these. They use this as a pre-warm up and post or cool down. And I'll, I can explain those. Uh, awesome. In the, in the pool. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, that looks like some of my favorite tools in a whole other arena, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, Cannot yeah. tell a lie. PKCC after dark. <laughs> I like oh, that. That's a great idea. Yeah, PKCC after dark. After dark. <laughs> um, or Benson, are you done? Sorry. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say how, how that's awesome. I really appreciate that. And, and, and that's a super kind offer. I'm going to take you up on that. Please do, yeah. You know, um, uh, one thing I say about the whole legacy organization is that the folks at the in the top third of that organization are the real deal, like they're real martial artists. I try to make JMAC people that way. Uh, not saying the rest of them aren't, but there's just a really exceptional quality level there. Um, and and uh, aside from all the talk, experiencing it in real life. Is just enough, it's just next level. And I've experienced a lot of the things Skip's have talk, Skip has talked about in terms of staying healthy, getting even more healthy, tactile awareness, uh, development of, uh, of uh, chain reflex chains, just all kinds of things. Um, well, a, we have to do a conversation like this again with Skip and B, um, the martial artists on this call, uh, we need to be in the room with Skip and do some training because there's nothing like experiencing it in person to understand. There's a lot more potential here and we'll do it again. Yeah. I like Absolutely. that. Too. You know, I said, when I come to Ann Arbor, there's two things I've always come for. One is J-Mac and Sensuino. Second one is I like to go to Ruse Rose Coffee and I definitely want to get, I said it in the test call, Skip. I want to get into your place and have you put me on I'd the love to have you. All of you. Yeah. Yeah. I would love Let's it. call. Okay. Let's call.
Next time I'll I come, we're going to do it. It's got to be a thing. Okay. got to make it happen. All right. I always, I always write down a bunch yeah. of stuff, Skip, because I want to prove to you that I've been listening to you while you're talking. It might seem like I'm not. <laughs> I know you had already. Yes. It's because I'm writing notes, man. So one thing I want to say is you use words that really trigger emotional responses, which is something that uh, a lot of martial arts teachers do when they're really good. So you said things like everybody has hags and snags. And as soon as you said that, I was like, shit, man, I got so many hags and snags after 50 years. Like, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stability, mobility, power, and retention of all those things. Not just, yeah. you don't want to develop it only, but you also want to keep it for as long as you possibly can keep yes. it, right? Um, I like when you said that understanding the specifics of the injuries in the specific endeavors, right? So you're a golfer, you're going to have different things. You're a martial artist, you're going to have different things. You're a exactly. football player, you're yes. a swimmer. That's where your expertise lies. That lies clear in my mind, right? Um, yes. Martial arts in general, the stresses are not normal. Like us, the athletes that are doing these things, we're putting our body under abnormal stresses. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Compliance. I just, as soon as you talked about compliance, I was like inside of myself, I'm like, if I could only get all of my students to comply, they would be so much better, right? They would be so much better if they would just do what the fuck I told them to do. Um, um, uh, the three planes of motion and building in that functionality. Uh, so I just want you to know I'm a third generation. So you taught that to He taught it to me and I do it. Like I do it twice a week online where I do nice. He calls it the JMAC 18. I call it the LMAF 24. We just do 24 minutes, 50 seconds on, 10 seconds off, six exercises, balls to the walls, yeah. use kettlebells, body weight, whatever. Like, and it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. When I don't have a it's lot a of time, I just come in here by myself and I use that principle to put myself through 24 minutes of hell. And then yeah. I usually try and do 12 minutes of stretching, but uh, um Abnormal uh, compensation equals plane deficiency. That's going to impact uh, my teaching because a lot of times you just bust somebody's balls and you say like, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And now I'm realizing, well, that's my deficiency as a teacher because I'm not looking at their abnormal compensation. Yeah. It's not that they don't yeah. want to comply. It's that they actually right. can't comply yeah. and we need to help them to be able to comply. Like they want to comply, exactly. they just can't. Um, yeah. as Sean mentioned, I like that you integrate the rehab into the actual training. Don't do it separate. Okay. Don't do this on day uh, one and this on day two, I've never done that. Yeah. do it all yeah. on day one. Um, yeah. Sean will nod his head. I, you offered the help for, and I'm going to message you and what I'm going to message you about. Please do. I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. going to message you about restoration skip. I'm going to message you about, yeah. cause Sean always says to me, you don't sleep enough. You don't rest enough. You don't, you don't eat properly for the amount of volume that you do. And uh, yeah, go, so, so that's what I'm taking away. And the last thing I'm going to say before I turn it over to you, Skip, is the world needs more BSI Skip. Our world needs more of BSI Skip, period. End Thanks. of story. What do you want to say, Skip, before I hit the stop record? Yeah, I'm grateful for all of it. Thank you so much for having me. I, I enjoyed, I could go on and on and I'm glad you have a hard stop because I'll, I'll do a whole workshop right now. So thank you, man. Great questions. I love the vibe and the energy. And the, if I were to leave the audience with anything is, is that, is that uh, if you wanna achieve that, I wanna be really good at this then understand the principles of sustaining that. That's, you know, people are, hey, how does Tom Brady do it? It's pretty easy, just he's consistent. He has someone like me that says, back off, add some, do this. He, he's just consistent. There are a lot of Tom Brady's, but because he's Tom Brady, but I've seen a lot of very good athletes that are just consistent and they listen to what I instruct them to do on their restoration because they wanna keep playing, that's important. They know what restoration is. They know what volume is. They know what load management is. That's it. And if they maintain those four pillars, I'm telling you, you'll see a bunch of time breaks. But when you talked about compliance, Skip, I don't have the time. I just, oh, 
I don't need it because it doesn't hurt. I'm like, that's why we do it. We need to do it. It's prevention. And in, in this world, like Sean talked about, he thought that I have to put it over here. I have to make time for it. You don't. Integrate it so there's no excuse for not doing it. And uh, so I hope in, in the coming podcast, we get to talk more about that. But uh, that's probably the most important thing I can leave the audiences with is that consistency and understand that you may have to manage those loads, that you need to understand the three planes of motion. And if you don't, don't keep running into the wall, find someone that can help you. And oftentimes, there have been many times that I, I think this, con this consult is going to be long and I'll listen and I thought, oh, I'll just show them this one thing. And it'll be, that's it. I'm like, that's it. Oh, shit. Okay. And I, I won't see them again unless they want to start training. So uh, you don't need as much time as you think you need. You just need to have the know what you're doing. It has to be direct. You have to treat the symptom. You, I mean, you have to treat the cause and not the symptom. And uh, therein lies the whole success of the training. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Skip.